The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. And welcome back to Brutal Nation. The podcast series is dedicated to lesser-known serial killers and acts of true crime. I'm your host, Scott Alexander, and right across from me is the one, the only... I think you're up to some nefarious shit over there because you look no, like a serial I'm... killer. Tammy Underwood, say hi, Tammy. <laughs> hi, everybody. No, I was going through the email to erase some of the junk mail, and something made me smile. So, Is it naked pictures? No, Scott, it is not naked pictures. Your mom likes the naked pictures of me. No, no, she does not. Oh, yeah, she calls up and says, meow. She yeah. has never called you. You'd be surprised. All righty. So it's Wednesday. Uh-huh. And, you know, I'm, I've been on this roll. I like doing smaller stories that I can put into one episode. Uh-huh. So I'm entitling this one here, The Secret Killers. These are all unsolved. How many did you do for this one? 500. So it's going to be like a nine-hour episode. <laughs> I believe you. No, <laughs> you would never do that to me. No. Um, okay. So you sent me over three. Mm-hmm. And there was so little uh, information on them. Okay. I said, fuck it. I'll just do all three. Okay. And we'll make an episode out of it. <laughs> we feature serial killers as well as who in episodes every day. We also research these cases. But what about the cases that go unsolved? Could a monster still be out there waiting for the right time, the right place, or the right moment to go back to work at his deadly game of death? Dun, 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 dun. That's right. I wrote that shit. I'm kind of proud of myself. You did. I'm kind of proud of you too, Scott. Rolling like a pimp, I'm telling you. Oh, dear God. <laughs> Homie. All right. The first one I'm going to bring up here is called The Phantom Killer. The AKA on this one is The Moonlight Murders. So before the I Texarkana begin. Moonlight Murders. Actually, in Texarkana, Texas, and Texarkana, Arkansas. Oh, because they, they happen sit, in both places? Yeah. They, they, oh. they sit right next to each other. Oh, okay. And both, both towns were like, a, oh, Kinda fuck. like Kansas City. Yeah, kind of Kansas City, Missouri, okay. Kansas City, Kansas. Gotcha. If you've ever spent time in a small town, you know that it's a different way of life. Everyone tends to know each other, and there's a sense of safety and togetherness in the town. Mm-hmm. In small towns, you're not afraid to let your kids walk home from school or worry about them walking to the store when it's dark outside. Right, right. What happens when that sense of safety is taken away? When a lover's lane becomes death row for those unsuspecting couples who park there. Okay. Yeah, I like that one. That's that's more shit that I wrote. I know, right? In 1946, in the towns of Texarkana, Texas and Texarkana, Arkansas, there was a deadly game happening that no one liked. The target was couples who parked at any lover's lane or or in a remote spot. Okay. A, A madman wearing a white mask, was on the prowl, killing these couples when he found them after the sun went down. Wow. It sounds like something out of a horror movie, doesn't it? Well, I assure you, it's real. Even the mask sounds like something out of a horror movie. Let's be honest. Right. Witnesses say, though, that they saw a man wearing a mask uh, of white cloth with eye holes cut out in it. Wow. Almost like a burlap or a muslin type of a mask. Right. That, like, wow. So this killer had a couple of survivors that, that did, uh, that 
people that survived his attacks. Okay. Okay. The others, however, were not so lucky. On February 27, uh, 22nd of 1946, Jimmy Holland and Mary Larry. Yeah, that's her last name. Mary Larry. Isn't that fucked up? Why would you name your kid that? Like for real. Know, like Larry. Dude. It's fucked up. That is like, no. Yeah. <laughs> that is like, I hated you when you were born. It's like, I never wanted kids <laughs> and I'm going to let you know how much I fucking hate you. Yeah. Anyway, they were parked on a secluded road when a man approached them while they were in the car. Okay. Um, his flashlight was on them, like, right in their eyes. So they couldn't actually see what he was doing. Okay. <clears throat> All they knew that a stranger or somebody that they may or may not have known was coming towards their car. Maybe, right. it's, maybe it's the local cops, right? Right. Could happen, right? Yeah, especially if it's, like, a bright mag-like type thing, yeah. Right. So you're thinking probably the cops or... Yeah, and parked on like a lover's lane on the side of the road is like... Go home, you little scam. Back then it was like... Quit necking. Yeah. (laughs) We had a lover's lane in my town. Not that I would know. But you were there often, you whore. From what I've heard, bitch. (laughs) Oh, my God. So the masked man forced Jimmy out of the car at gunpoint. Ooh. And told him to take off his pants. It's not going to end the way you think it is. I, I know, know, but... When I read that, I had that yeah. same look like, what? No, I've seen the documentary on this one. Oh, yeah, yeah. I read that, and I went, whoa, what the fuck? Yeah. So Jimmy did exactly what he was asked for. He was beaten for his efforts so badly that his skull was fractured. Wow, dude. So then this masked man uh-huh. turned his attention to Mary and told her to run. And as she ran, the, the masked man caught up with her, and he raped her. With the oh, gun, shit. but he did it with the gun, not his actual dick. Wow, dude, wow. Yeah. Um, he then made her run again, and after this ordeal was over with, they both actually managed to survive. You know what that tells me, though? And we might get into it later, is that he had a problem with his... ED. Yeah. Erectile dysfunction. Yeah, totally. By March 2nd, two more bodies would be found. Right. The bodies were that of Richard Griffin and Polly Moore. Right. They'd been dating for a few weeks, uh, and that night they'd had dinner with Richard's sister and her sister's boyfriend. Right. Richard was 29 years old, and Polly was 17. Richard okay. Was, Richard was a carpenter, and Polly stayed at a boarding house with her sister. Oh, okay. So after their dinner with Richard's sister, they parked on a road that was pretty secluded, you know, like new dating people will yeah. do. Nothing out of the ordinary, even to this day. And that's where they found their bodies. They were both shot in the back of the head. Wow, dude. The next victims that they know of are Paul Martin and Betty Booker. And this one here kind of took me aback a little bit. Because from what I understand, they were both 15 years old. Or at least Betty Wow. They had started dating after being lifelong friends, like since kindergarten. Okay. So Betty played the saxophone in a local band, and Paul had come to pick her up. Okay. A few hours later, the body of young Paul Martin would be found, and it'd be another two hours until they found the body of Betty. Wow. Uh, And she was about two miles away from where they found Paul, by the way. It wasn't like right next to him. It was like two miles away. Oh. And these would be the killer's youngest victims. Kind of like the tube socks. I know you don't fucking get me started, because that's a lame name. I know. I know. In the first week of May, the Phantom Killer would claim his last vic- known victim. Victims. 
Why don't I put an S in there? Because that's, yeah, plural. Katie and Virgil Starks were attacked in their farmhouse just outside of town. Okay. Virgil was shot in the back of the head and Katie was shot in the face. And from what I understand, it was twice. I think she got capped twice in the face. Wow. So Katie managed to survive the attack, however. She ran down the road to a neighbor's house to get help. Okay. Talking about a strong chick, man. Because I yeah. got to admit, like, if if the Phantom Killer would have stomped on my foot and maybe broke a toe, that, I, I'm done. I'm done. I ain't going nowhere. I ain't running nowhere. Like, seriously. I'm like, fuck this. Dude, I'm I just had gonna a broken die. toe when I was a kid. It's still kind of wonky, but yeah, no. These towns were living in fear. Um, and even with the help of the Texas Rangers... Go Chuck Norris. Go Walker. Walker. Te- Walker Go Texas. Walker. No one was proven to be the killer. Over 400 people were detained in question. They said arrested, but we know that they weren't arrested. They were detained. No. They, yeah. Like, what's his name? The Honolulu. The, that guy they said was a Honolulu stranger. Yeah. They're not arresting him. They're detaining like, him. Is yeah. what they're doing. And, but let's be frank here. It was just a total act of desperation. You're yeah. arresting that many people. You know, they said, hey, you're all connected with this, but they're not. Yeah, because that's just telling the public, oh, we want to solve this, but, you know. Well, yeah. the, the most fucked up thing is there was no obvious motives behind the killings. And no one was right. robbed. The farmhouse wasn't burglarized. Okay. This led people in the town to think that it was just a sex freak. Somebody who just simply liked to kill and rape. Okay. Some of these people were determined to connect the killing. Uh, some of these people who were detained in connection with the killings, and this is why I said it was just redonkus, was a German man who escaped from Germany, because keep in mind, you know, this is during Nazi occupation or just after uh, World War II, rather, right. it was East and West Germany. Um, a man who thought that he committed the murders while he was in a coma was another one. Okay. So these are the people that they're detaining. Okay. Which, you know, makes no fucking sense. As I said, grasping at straws, trying to find who the real killer was. Some people thought it was a local guy by the name of Yule Sweeney. This comes with a handful of, doubt, of doubts, though. First, he was arrested in 1947 for auto theft, and another possible victim was discovered that had been killed while he was locked up. Years later, an anonymous woman called the families of the victims, and she apologized for what her father had done. Okay. No one got her name, and Yule has never had a daughter. And to this day, the murders go unsolved. Okay. That's weird. So, you know, in, in small towns like this, you got to think that somebody knows where to look. They, they got to be living in the town. I think that's what makes it most creepy for me. They have to be a resident of these towns. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, or somewhere close, close, yeah. close proximity. This isn't a drifter just walking through. Are you paying attention? Or are you yes. clicking on shit? I'm doing both. Why? Because we want to get this ready to order for. <sighs> There's always something, Jesus. You know what? Experience. I'm trying to do. I'm trying to like freaking multitask because we have so much to do by Friday. Do you have any theories on this one, the Phantom Killer? Other than the fact that, I don't, you know what? I think. As far as the Phantom Killer, because like I said, I saw the documentary. I actually believe it was somebody traveling through the town. And it's related to other 
unsolved ones in other areas or even solved ones. It could be, but it was spread out over a couple of months. You would think that they would be, you know, like questioning Not any hobos. Necessarily. I mean, think about the time frame. It could have been like a construction worker or something, you know, because a lot of them back then would go from state to state. Okay. That could have been it. Yeah. I mean, that it. was my theory on the whole thing. Like a drifter or yeah, a construction kinda. worker. Like or... a Carl Panzram, only oh, later years. Could be, but you would think the semi would kind of pick up on that. You know what? Because if you're working with a construction crew. Right. And let's say you're staying at a hotel or whatever. Right. Your friends are going to kind of be like, hey, Bob, where the fuck were you? You know? You know, and that could be true too. But at the same time. The way the murders were in the close vicinity to they were, they'd be looking at more of a local person than a drifter. See, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, I was thinking, I bet that. So a drifter could get away with it. Yeah, I suppose. I was, no, I, I was thinking more of the person lived there. Oh, that could be too. But then why did they stop? Eh, maybe they got bored of it. I don't know. I'm just. I was going to say, Scott, have you ever heard of that happening in the history of what we've done yet? Well, that's true. I just think. I mean, we've heard of unsolved ones stopping, but I don't think they stopped. I think they moved. Yeah, very well could be. So. All right. So let's take a trip. You ready? Where are we going? We're going to go to Pennsylvania. Okay. For the Frankfurt Slasher. Oh, Frankfurt. Even in. Even big towns seem to have had their uh, their serial kills, especially throughout the 78, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Right. So let's take a trip to Philadelphia, PA, for this unsolved killer story. Okay. 18 years after the last killing, the killer still hasn't been caught. Eight women were stabbed and sexually assaulted. The first victim was uh, 52-year-old Helen Patent. I think that's yeah, fucking it's Patton now. Hmm. And she lived in the Park Rose or Parkland uh area. Okay. Of Pennsylvania. And when when, when I say it's uh, the 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 Frankfurt thing, it's, okay. it's it's all it's all right there. Right. It's you know, so Philadelphia is made up of different little communities from what I understand. Uh, so you got like Frankfurt and uh Bucks or whatever it is or Parkland right. or whatever. That's what I understood. Anyway. So the coroner estimated that she had died on August 19th of 1985. Her body was found a week after she'd been killed. She's naked from the waist down. Her legs were open and her top had been pulled up to expose her boobs. Okay. Reports state that she was stabbed 47 fucking times and raped. Wow. So five months later on January 3rd of 86... 68-year-old Anna Carroll was killed. And she lived on the 1400 block of Rittner Street. And she was discovered the same way, naked from the waist down. But she still had a kitchen knife still stuck in her. Wow. So let's go to 64-year-old Susanna. I knew I was going to fuck this up. Old Zeph. Okay. And she was killed on Christmas Day. Of 86 at her home in, on Richmond Street. All three women had been regulars, by the way, at uh, a bar called the Golden Bar, which was also called Goldie's. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, from what I understand, the, the bar's been torn down. So okay. It doesn't exist anymore. It's like, hasta bye-bye. January 8th of 87, Janine Durkin 
a 28-year-old former go-go dancer and homeless woman who slept on the street near Goldie's was murdered. And she was left underneath a delivery truck. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, She's raped. She's murdered. And then they're like, hey, there's a big old box truck over here. So let's just shove her under there? Yeah, shove her under there. Where was the first one found again? Oh, no, I got to rewind. God damn it. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't make any sense. I thought I... It didn't say. Her body was just found. Oh. Okay. Maybe it does make sense. I mean, if we don't know how the first one was found. Go ahead. Well, she had been sexually assaulted and stabbed 74 times. Wow. And then wrapped in an overcoat. Wow. Before she was stuck up underneath there. And not long after that, 29-year-old Catherine Jones was murdered. Yeah. And now, some don't connect her with the slasher killings because she had no stab wounds and wasn't sexually assaulted. Okay. But she died in that same general vicinity. Okay. I'm trying to follow along. I couldn't figure out how the fuck she died. Yeah. So, there you go. On November 11th of 88, 66-year-old Margaret Vaughn was found stabbed to death in her apartment building on Penn Street, from okay. which... She uh, she had been evicted, so she got evicted from there, but she still died there. Wow. Three months later, and there, it's going to get to something really interesting here in the next couple of paragraphs. So bear with me. On January 19th of 89, 30-year-old Teresa Sherinto was discovered in her home on Erin Street. Erin Street? A-R-R-O-T-T Street? Okay. She was naked apart from a pair of white socks. And she'd just been totally butchered. Wow. You know, the other ones were stabbed, and apparently she got butchered out. Yeah, like mutilated type yeah, shit? Yeah, totally Wow. Mutilated. Several eyewitnesses placed Vaughn and Sherinto with a middle-aged white guy. Keep that in mind, because that's going to play into this. Yeah. So a sketch was drawn up, but no arrests were made. Okay. Now, here's where this gets kind of interesting. Early on April 29th of 1990, 46-year-old Carol Dode, D-O-W-D, Dowd? Okay. Dowd? Yeah, I guess it'd be Dowd. Uh, who, ha- and she, who had a history of mental illness, was discovered, was discovered stabbed three dozen times behind Newman Seafood Market. Now, that's going to play into this. And that is actually on Frankfurt Avenue. Okay. And her left nipple had been removed. So the police questioned Leonard Christopher, who worked at Newman's. Okay. So two hookers had saw Christopher... At the scene of the crime, that's what they said, right? With a large utility knife that was tucked in his belt at the time of the murder. Okay. So he was arrested and he was charged with Carol Dowd's murder. Okay. His boss, Jasa Fang, said Christopher had said to her, maybe I killed her. <laughs> maybe I did. So one interesting thing that I don't think I put in here, but I thought that I did was, uh, so you know how they said that the victim was seen with a, the last ones were seen with a middle-aged white guy. Yeah. Christopher's black. Oh. The suspect, Scott. The suspect. I feel his pain. Yeah. I do. I'm white and I'm the fucking suspect. You kind of are. On December 12th of 1990, Christopher was convicted and many presumed that he had also committed the Frankfurt slasher killings, but no one, but, one major fact still disputes all this. Okay. Like I said, they had seen him. They, eyewitnesses had said that they saw him with 
um, them with a middle-aged man and Christopher's black, right? Right. On September 6th of 90, Michelle De- Denner, D-E-H-N-E-R, whatever, mm-hmm. um, was killed in her Eret Street apartment, which was the last known killing of the slasher. Bear in mind that Leonard Christopher had already been arrested by then. Okay. He's incarcerated and this other lady dies the same way the other ones did. Yeah. Who was the Frankfurt slasher? And did, Chris, did Leonard Christopher really murder Carol Dowd? What year? He, in 90 and 89. Oh, you were too young. Yeah. I can't blame you. Can't blame me. So, what Christopher, what Leonard Christopher said was, I was railroaded. I didn't kill Karen Dowd. Dowd? Yeah, I guess I agree with Dowd. I didn't even know Carol Dowd. I was implicated by prostitutes that the police put up. I believe him. Yeah. That's weird. So this next one here had so little information on it that we're just going to go victim by victim. (laughs) Yeah. College is a time to learn, not just uh, about what you choose to study, but about yourself as well. This killer had a different lesson to teach his victims. This is also one of the murder cases that Henry Lee Lucas would have, he actually confessed to this one and of course was found to be not true. Well, of course. He was not the killer. You're not the father. (laughs) Maury Povich shouldn't even have to tell him that. because, I mean, there were so many of them that he tried to take credit for. Yeah, he tried to take credit for like 2,000 fucking different murders or some bullshit like that. And it's like, no, most of these are bullshit. Yeah. Remember that guy who tried to take credit for killing, he said he killed that girl, I think it was in Cincinnati, and three of the girls were held hostage by that guy. And they found him alive? No. Oh, yeah. In the late 1960s, the University of Wisconsin campus in Madison, Wisconsin, was, okay, there was somebody who was targeting women uh, at at the campus. Wrote some bullshit here, goddamn. To date, there's been no suspects in the uh, the string of killings except for one who died while in jail. But we'll get to that later on. Yeah. So the first known victim is Christine Rothschild. And as a UW-Madison freshman, Christine was the first of seven to be murdered in 1968. Wow. She was found in the bushes of the campus, stabbed and strangled to death. Wow. So suspects were questioned, but not enough evidence was ever brought up to ever bring anyone to trial. Okay. This shocked many students and people living in the area. And everyone thought, God, what a quiet... This is a quiet little town. This shit never fucking happens. Yeah. The next one would be Deborah Bennett. And her remains were discovered in a gully. Her body was decomposed and investigators never found her real cause of death or any clues that led to her killer. Okay. Julie Ann Hall. And she was found in a shallow grave in Wauconee, Wisconsin. Okay. Because they have all those fucked up names. <laughs> God damn. I think they're Indian names or some bullshit like that. Right, right, right. So anyway, just a few miles away from the city of Madison. Um, and she died from blunt force trauma. Let me put blunt because that makes no sense. To the head. So somebody beat her in the head. 
Wow. Once again, no suspects were ever found. Julie Sperenschneider. Sperenschneider. Try to say that twice. Fuck. A hiker was found. Uh, a hiker. She was a hiker, and Julie. A hiker found Julie along the Harma Yaharma River in the town of Dunn when he came across the skeletal remains of Julie. Because of the decomposed uh, state, the investigators were unable to determine the exact cause of death. And once again, no evidence right. from her killer. So the killer's smart. He knows his shit. He's spreading around bodies. Yeah. And what links them all is they're, they're all UW. Yeah, they're all the college students. Yeah. They don't look alike, though, right? No. Okay, yeah. That's, you know, and that's just it is... They're all UW students, but that does that might not necessarily mean the same killer. You know what I mean? I say it is fine. I, I say it is too, but you know. Possibility versus probability. Probability is pretty fucking high. You think so? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Susan Le- Lemahanyu. Yeah, say that real fast. L-E-M-A-H-I-E-U. Get okay. a real fucking name. And that, well, Jesus unless she's Hawaiian, then it's like, you know, you pronounce every, you yeah, know. party with that. I don't. <laughs> you so, don't want to party like it's 1999? No, no, I do not. <laughs> okay. So Susan was found laying in a marshy area on the campus a couple of feet away from the parking lot for the students. Okay. So pretty close, right? Yeah. Easily to, easy to find. Susan, however, was she was mildly handicapped and she was mentally unstable. Okay. Uh, and when she first went reported missing a year before... Mm-hmm. They found her body. The police never really thought that she had been murdered. They just thought that it was just something that she did. Like, she fucking, you know, simply left. Okay. When she was found, the autopsy found that she had really died from multiple stab wounds to the chest and still no suspects. Wow, dude. So, yeah, they found her body a year later, a few feet from the fucking parking lot. So she had to be planted there. Wow. Shirley Stewart. See, there's a name. I can read that. I can fucking yeah, pronounce that it. That sounds pretty Scotty. Like God you can damn. pronounce that. Hell yeah. Good job. The body of Shirley was found in a wooded area in, in the town of Westport near Madison. Oh, okay. Her body was found six months after she went missing. Wow, dude. And she's very decomposed and they aren't certain of her cause of death either. But right. this is the 60s. It's not like we had DNA evidence and all kinds of bullshit that we have now. Okay. Um, and once again, no clue to where a killer could be. That is crazy, yo. Donna Mars. M-R-A-Z. See, you M-R- can spell that one too. I mean, M- M-R-A-Z. That, too. that looks like Mars. Yeah. Or Mraz. No, M-A-R-A-Z. M-R-A-Z. Uh, yeah, it could be Mraz. Mraz, yeah, I'll go with Mraz. That actually has, says a little exact. She was, repeated, uh, she was stabbed repeatedly outside of the stadium on campus. A witness saw Donna run and fall to the ground, but never saw the killer. Okay. Phantom killer. No evidence was ever found until they did another autopsy two years later. And they linked bite marks to a suspect who was in jail. But no investigation was ever held because the suspect died. Okay. It's the 60s. They're like, fuck it. He's dead. What are we going to do? Yeah. All right, our last one here. Oh. Is Janet Roche. Okay. I got that. R A U? R A A S C H. Okay. The last murder to occur 
uh, and a deer uh, hunter in the town of Buena Vista found her body. Uh, she's partially, partially dressed. Okay. Uh, in a wooded area that was near the campus. Okay. She, of course, was a W.U. Madison student. Of course. And she was found about a week after she went missing. Okay. They couldn't pinpoint her exact time of death or exactly how she died, though. But they know that she was brutally beaten. Okay. Little evidence was also found of this murder. But investigators tried to link all these murders together to find the murderer. And to this day, it still remains unsolved. Wow. Another unsolved killing. I know, dude. You know what bothers me about the unsolved ones? Is that I really want to try to figure out who it is, but at the same time, it saddens me that these people never have closure. Look here, Inspector Gadget. No. We're going to go hunt a serial killer. No, we're not. You want to know why? There's a couple of reasons. Number one. But we're white. We're white, but we're not stupid. (laughs) True. And we ain't hunting down no motherfucking goddamn serial killer. True. It doesn't say cop anywhere in here. I'm not a cop. I don't have the training for that. No, but wouldn't you like to piece it together so you could turn it over to the police, though? No, because number one, if it was here in Vancouver, they would arrest me first. That's true, they would. And then I would go to Walla Walla State Prison. Dude, at 1313 Northwest 13th Avenue. Yeah, I'd be in there probably for like a couple of years before they go, oh, we're just kidding. We found yeah. the real killer. Yeah. Well, and my whole thing is, um, I don't know, because, well, you know, there's this one that I'm seriously working on. I have to go get court documents and autopsy reports, but I would love <laughs> to turn that over to the police. <laughs> I would, because first of all, I don't like him, but whatever. Yeah, there you go. Well, I'm stretching out. Oh, Scott. Ah, it feels good. I know. I love to stretch, but um, no, I just, it's really sad, too, that they were college students. Yeah, you know, you're going off to college. Do you wonder know. if it was a fellow student? That's what I was wondering, or it could just be a teacher. Ooh, but then the murders would have continued if it was a professor, unless he switched to a different college. Could be. Yeah. Maybe Madison's all used up. Maybe I want to move to Albuquerque. Yeah. And then he buries his bodies in a giant grave that they discover. Yeah, in an undeveloped housing area. Yeah. Always thinking. Whatever, dude. (laughs) You have anything you want to add to this shit? No, I don't think so. All right. Remember, you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check out the website at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Click on that Amazon link. Helps out the show. Doesn't cost you anything extra. Check us out on Medium and Crime Beat. That's on Medium. And just search us in other publications, too. I was going to say, don't forget to remind them about Friday and the big... And then... Listen Friday. Coming up is Lots our 100th episode. We are stoked. Woo! Friday. One, big one zero zero. Yeah, so we will catch you guys later. Oh, this show is copyrighted 2021 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights reserved. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye, people.